I feel like one of the problem, one of the, the areas people run into where there's like a little bit of a, a disconnect here. Um, are you drinking a beer? No, I am drinking a tea. I think, <laughs> you, I think you asked me that last time. Okay. Uh, so I... So one of the one of the issues I think people run into when they're starting to try to make this mental shift is like I still have to document the error codes. I still have to document the specifications. Like I still have to get these things out because there's a requirement for it. It might even be contractual or regulatory or regulatory. But the thing is, so they're saying, well, we don't have time to do this customer journey mapping thing, right? And that's where componentized content comes in because you can build the specifications in such a way that they can become answers too. So if you, if you sit down and you do the information architecture and the journey mapping, you can then take and reuse that content in other contexts. So I, I really don't want people to walk away from our conversation and think that this is like a, a this is an, this is an or situation. I think that there are some things that maybe you don't need to do as much. I think that there's legitimate, cases where like there's technical information people just don't use and we're writing it and we don't need to. But I think more often than not, this is really, if you use the right strategies and tools, they create efficiencies in doing this in such a way that you don't have to choose. You can have both. Uh, absolutely. So for, for me, it's not about uh, necessarily throwing away everything you're doing at all. It's, a, it's about the prioritization and triage. And if you have a regulatory, you, you put it in the appropriate bucket. So you say, okay, sure. we have to ship a full uh, product specification. Does anybody look at it? No, but legally we have to ship it. So we create it, we maintain it, and it's there, and it, that's fine. And we've ticked that, you know, there we have to tick a box. We literally have to tick a box because we have to, if it's not there, we're not allowed to sell. But that doesn't mean we give it equal prominence. So this comes back into the depth and time thing. So of all the right. things that we publish, which ones do we want to show up? Which ones are on the homepage? Which ones are on the landing page when you put in a certain keyword? Which ones are we going to push to the top of the, of the, of the rankings? Uh, or the first answer that's going to be given by the chatbot, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That right. other stuff might be there and you've done it, but you have not put as much effort in making sure it, that those components appear uh, in all the places. Um, and I want to make the, the connection between components and questions even more explicit. The point of going away from a, a like, I'm going to make a manual, I'm going to make a brochure, I'm going to make a microsite, I'm going to make a knowledge page, thinking and moving to questions over time is to pair up questions and components because different people might have the same questions. The same people might have the same questions. They might want different depths depending on who they are or when they're asking, mm -hmm. or they might want the exact same component, in which case you can reuse these components from, from different uh, deliverables in completely different channels and contexts, depending on uh, the context that the user's in or the audience you're talking about. So the, for me, component content melds and dovetails perfectly with uh, the whole idea of questions over time, because you're going. Well, so, what do we? What do we componentize? What should? Which compo right. What components should we make? We have all this stuff in our legacy world. What should we take out and make a nice reusable component? Well, what are people asking about? What are people most most frequently wanting to know? 
And what are they wanting to know across various touch points? Uh, and how, you know, how important to them is it? You know, we know when people lose their bank card, they really want to know how to secure their account. So make that a component and make it available in a Google result, make it available on, you know, on the, at the first thing in the security page, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it, it, the, the, uh, your component plan is mm -hmm. driven as an output of your customer journey mapping. Cause now we know, okay, these are people, what people ask. Therefore, these are the nuggets of answers that we should have in our, in our box of tricks, which we can then assemble uh, deliverables out of. So one of the things that's occurring to me in my, in my more, uh, my more technical side of my brain as you're, as you're describing this is that maybe the way to think about this, you know, if you're already going through componentization, you're already someone who's in components, um, for content is that the high value stuff is the stuff you spend more time applying metadata to. Um, because if you think about how you're going to surface this stuff over a lot of personas, over a lot of different channels, over, you know, a really broad enterprise strategy, like you're not going to pick the, the one component, and put it on the homepage in most cases, like it's because it's, that just doesn't scale to the number of audiences and situations and like all those kinds of things. Right. So it's all going to be driven by metadata at some point in time. So I think what you're really doing in the background is you're starting with componentized content. And then you're saying, okay, so these are higher value things, basically meaning they're more commonly asked about. We're going to be more intentional about the metadata that we put on those. And one of the things I love about this is that I feel like um, a lot of people I talk to when they start really thinking about metadata is they really start, they start with this whole like, oh my God, we have to tag everything. And it's just paralyzing, right? Like you feel like, you're, the only option is boiling the ocean. But if you listen to what you're saying, all you have to do is pick the important stuff and start there. And maybe it's only like, you got a thousand components, maybe it's only 10. Like maybe all you have to do is really tag up 10 components and it leads you to the next 10. And like, it's just, it's an iterative process. So I think that that's kind of, that's kind of cool to me. If, you know, if that's, if that's the way that you can go about it. Uh, yeah, I'll give you two examples, concrete ones. Uh, uh, so I'm working with a major fintech. And I, I mean major like you've probably got one in the room with you. <laughs> uh, like a really big brand, like household name kind of brand. And we're going we're going to this componentization. They were already they were already in components in air quotes when I showed mm -hmm. up. Uh, but the dirty secrets of, of component content is that most people who are already in components today, uh, you know, I would say I'm gonna say over half. I'm not gonna be more specific than that, but I'm gonna say well over half are in components, but those components weren't really intentionally or intelligently designed. They're basically- oh, I, think that, I, think that, I think that's broadly true. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, so they're basically using components as chapters or sections. Well, I wouldn't, I, okay, I, I wouldn't say half of people are there. Um, I would say half of people are probably in what I would consider to be generic topics, but like all the way out to like to, to, to chapters, eh, that, that's pretty extreme. All right, chapters is a bit rough. Okay, sorry. Yeah, let's let's say, but I'll, I will go down to the section level um, in the sense that their sections usually are about something. You know, it has a heading and that kind of Fair. it makes it a bit topicy. but they haven't really switched paradigms in their heads. They've said, OK, we're going to make a chapter and we can reuse sections in the chapter. Um, and they often end up with these big, chunky components. Yeah, I think that that's fair. Okay, um, so um, I want to I sure. insert one thing here before you go. That's still better than not components at all. 
it's 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 further along the path sure and it's easier to get it's easier to get from there so i don't want people who listen to this to be like oh i've been writing in components and they're you know they're just long topics forever and like this is you know i've been doing it wrong and like that doing it wrong is not the right thing here it's just not it's not it's a spectrum right and as soon as you're in xml as soon as you're in anything which is componentized to any level and is reusable you are in a position to move further along that spectrum more quickly. So I just want to make sure that we, you know, we add the positive point there too. Well, absolutely. And this is, for me, this is not a, like content people are, are tend to be the, the, the valiant and altruistic ones of the organization. You know, they're not, they're, right. they're, you know, they're not in it for the, for the, for the fast boats and, and, and fancy cars. So we're trying to help everybody here and wherever they are, you know, wherever you are, listeners, you're fine. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Right. What we're trying to do here is present a path forward from whatever point you're at to uh, making your life easier and making your, uh, your, your customers happier. Uh, so if you're, you know, if you're, you're chunking up your content, it's the reason that people are in this situation is because it's hard. And because when we've been, when, you know, in the last 20 years, when we've been rolling out these solutions, we haven't been shipping the paradigm shift with the technology. You know, we've been giving them the tools, but the methodologies around user experience analysis and information design, those skills haven't been uh, as easily available. And so what we're talking about customer journey mapping is bringing some of those UX chops into the content world so that you can you can choose in the same way that a product designer would never say, would never look at a, a roadmap and go, okay, we're going to ship all that. Product designer would say, okay, <laughs> okay, what are the top features we're gonna we're gonna ship in the next release? You have to right. prioritize. Um, and so, yep. how do we do that with content? As you just said, what are the bits? What are the sections that have the answers that people want? Do they want the whole section all the time, or do they sometimes want the Twitter Twitter version, or do they only want this piece and the rest of it's just kind of there because it's that's always been there next to that other bit? Can we pull it out, make it a smaller component, and then reuse it even more widely? With metadata, uh, right. that's that's the process we're going for: planning, analyzing, and then getting more out of our content. And the, again, another positive is, you know, you, we were moving these people uh, to a new way of working, and they said, "Okay, well, we're going to go now. We're going to go through all the legacy content, uh, deliverable by deliverable." And I'm like, "Whoa, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> you, there's absolutely no need to do that. <laughs> I guarantee you." There is no need to go back through everything you've ever published and and touch it and redo it again just because we're in the new world here. Let's go through this based on customer priorities and take out the parts that that we know are important to customers and put our investment there. Uh, then, as you were just saying, maybe it's 10 topics in a, in a, in a simple organization, or maybe it's a thousand topics in a, in a mega multi, multinational, but that's a thousand topics out of maybe half a million right. uh, that we're putting our focus on. And that's a, a huge uh, benefit to how much love and, and attention we can give the things that people really care about versus if we take a kind of deliverable by a deliverable approach using that as our unit of work. I completely agree with that. The um, So, you know, I, I love ending on this note that, you know, there's, there's this spectrum that you can walk down and um, all you have to do is to just change a little bit of focus to get more value to your customers. 
And I think that that's really powerful. And I love the idea that we're really starting to talk about the methodologies that like, that's really, you know, those are key to this stuff and that's kind of the next step. And I think this is a similar uh, process that a lot of other um, parts of the organization have gone through. So I think it's, it's in some ways, well-worn territory, but, um, I am going to have to thank you for, uh, for joining us today because we're running out of time and I think we could probably keep doing this for a couple hours, but unfortunately, uh, we're not going to be able to today. So maybe you will have to be our first guest on season three too. We'll, uh, keep the streak going. Fantastic. So thanks so much for being here, Naz. My pleasure. Thanks everybody. Okay, thank you very much for having me. I just want to tell everybody that uh, customer journey mapping allows you to do customer-centric content design, which will support better relationships uh, across your whole uh, uh, content to product lifecycle. So I hope you enjoyed it and uh, see you around.